Storm Bowling Products, the Bowlers Company, presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Tim Berg and Kendall Miles. Above180.com's Tim Berg and Storm's web content manager and former collegiate bowler at Weber International University, Kendall Miles, are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Tim and Kendall. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight podcast is Hope Gramley. Gramley bowled and graduated from McKendree University just a short time ago, and her team ended on a high note by winning the 2023 ITC National Championship out in Las Vegas. Hope it's Tim Berg and Kendall Miles here. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. All right. Well, Hope, let's begin here. You ended your collegiate bowling career uh, and like every collegiate athlete wishes they could on top winning a, a title out there in Las Vegas. So can you walk us through that after falling short your junior year, coming back this year and, um, and winning and, uh, and what it means for you and what it meant for the program? Yeah, well, this year was, you know, very special for me and my other senior teammate, Angelique, just because it was, it was our really our last go, our last tournament ever. So to be able to come out on top, and finish the way that we did was really something special for both of us. Well, for all of us, but me and Angelique specifically, um, just because we don't have any more collegiate shots left. Um, you know, leading that entire tournament, we had a pretty good look, and so we just kept executing like we do, and we got we found ourselves on the TV show, which was great. And I kind of made a little vow to myself that if we got to the TV show, I wasn't going to lose because I, I wanted to win for my teammates really badly. So... When the opportunity came for me to step up in the tenth and shut him out, I just remembered and reminded myself that I've been in this situation a many, million times before, and nothing has changed. The, the lane is still 60 feet. There's still 10 pins. It's all the same thing. And that really helped me stay present and stay focused in the moment, for sure. Well, you kind of already answered my question. I, I wanted to say, so, you know, it's such a long week, right? Like college nationals mm-hmm. between singles and teams. You know, such a long week. Is there a particular moment, you know, for this final tournament that sticks out to you the most that you're going to remember for a long time? Um, I think for that tournament specifically, I'd say the most memorable moment was when we were down, uh, when we were losing to North Carolina and T. Because um, at that point, leading up to that moment, we had been, you know, leading all of our matches and we were leading qualifying. And so that was really the first time in the tournament where we were coming from behind, really. And so in that moment, it's easy for teams to kind of crumble and feel that pressure. But um, we're a very, we were a very mentally tough team. And so we were able to, you know, just kind of, you know, take it as it was, relax, and then turn around and start executing shots. So are you starting and you've been bowling throughout your collegiate bowling career? You've been bowling at the stadium there. Are you starting to notice some of the things that, some of the, the way things play there and the way things are different and just pair to pair how things are and, and, and getting a grasp on that topography. And then how, if you are, how were you able to pass that along to your teammates who maybe it was their first time bowling in the stadium? Yeah. I mean, I've bowled there, you know, three or four times now, I think uh, kind of lose count after a while. Um, and of course there's similarities with different pairs across the house. Um, typically, you know, one lane will hook more than the other vice versa. I have it written down somewhere, (laughs) but I always walk into a tournament, even if I've been in that venue before, you know, ready for the lanes to play differently than they have in the past. 
And so, and that's something that the girls also are aware of. So it's, it's nice to know the tendencies of the building, but we always treat it as it's going to play different so that we can make uh, clear-minded decisions when it comes to how we play lanes differently. And so as you get approach your senior year, you know, you are a very influential player on that team. Tell me, tell us what it was like to kind of absorb a bit of a, a captain role or, or something that you kind of help the team find success. What was it like for you to kind of start to put yourself in position to be the anchor and kind of lead this team to a, to, you know, a, to championship? Right. Well, you know, as a leader on the team, I, I really tried to make sure that I made myself available for the girls whenever they needed me, whether it was bowling or life related. I wanted them to uh, feel safe and be able to confide in me if needed. As far as bowling goes, it was my job to lead by example. And so working hard and not giving up when things were a little iffy and then just leading the charge if things were good for me, um, lane play wise. And so I, you know, there's a, they always talk about the expectations for anchors and how, you know, it's almost like we should strike every time. And I think I embraced that expectation well without letting it affect my mindset or my bowling in any way. And I hope that that influences or um, what's the word? I don't know. It inspires. There we go. I hope it inspires and helps my girls in their future tournaments as well for whoever is anchor. So big news in the collegiate bowling world with Shannon O'Keefe taking uh, taking a, a new position, uh, moving down and, and coaching at Jacksonville State. Was that something? Did you did the team have a little bit of an insight on that ahead of time, and did that make anything more special, or or was this kept in private? Do do you know as as a way to send send coach out on a high note? Yeah, it, it was kept in private. Um, none of the girls knew until about two or three days before the article was released. Um, you know, un- until the decision to move had been finalized, you know, that was when Brian and Shannon sat us down or sat the girls down and let them know um, about it. And so it, it was very private. And I think they did it the right way by keeping it private just so that, you know, it wouldn't panic the girls and get them in the transfer portal before any of the moves were finalized on their part. Um, but from what I hear from the girls and from Brian and Shannon, is that this seems like a really great opportunity. It's going to open a lot of doors for these girls and it's going to be something special for sure. So you mentioned the transfer portal. That's something that's relatively, I mean, relatively new to the college world in general. How is it affecting mm-hmm. bowling, and do you see it now where it is, um, you know, having those effects on collegiate bowling teams? And what is your advice sometimes to those younger bowlers where maybe in, in the past we were kind of told, you know, stick it out, you know, by your parents or, or, or friends or whoever, where now it's um, right. you don't always have to do that. Right. Uh, well, I was fortunate enough to never be in the situation of um, entering the transfer portal. But the advice that I've been giving my girls right now as they're going through the transfer portal, possibly, you know, following Brian and Shannon to Jacksonville State, I, I'm telling them that although it's great and we know that Brian and Shannon are amazing coaches, you know, maybe it wouldn't hurt to look at what else is out there just to see options. And even if you stay at McKendry or go to Jacksonville State or whatever you choose to do. I, I just advise them to make the best decision for them and their future and what they want from bowling or education or whatever. Um, and so that would be the same advice that I would give to anybody in the transfer portal. Just, you know, keep an open mind. Look at all your options before making a decision. So you definitely have, have found success on so many levels. And I would assume, you know, Shannon can teach you so much 
on and off the lane. So as far as maybe getting into your PWA career, how was she, if she was, a bit of an influence helping you maybe find success at that level? Yeah, I mean, one of uh, Shannon's coaching, one of the greatest things about Shannon being my coach was that she's been able to relate a lot of her own struggles and successes to collegiate bowling. And so to hear those stories over the years, it's helped me definitely prepare and know what to expect when coming out on tour full time. And so I'll always, you know, I'll think back to those stories every once in a while, whenever I find myself in a, a tricky situation and I'll just remind myself that everybody has bad days and that even the best of the best will, will struggle sometimes. And that's okay. You already are getting off to a, a decently hot start, you know, to the year, mm-hmm. how much of, you know, your, your preparation from college bowling and that what the time you guys and Shane have put in, how much has that really just kind of snowballed into, you know, now the, the, the tour season? Yeah. I mean, a perfect example is last week at the Spokane open when I made the step ladder, I was in the first match against Bree Cote. And I, if I struck in the first ball in the 10th frame, then it was over for that, for that game anyway, for that match. Um, it was a really similar situation to how it was for the ITC's final. And so um, being in those situations where you need to make clutch shots in college really prepared me for the high-pressure, high-intensity situations like that first match with Brie Cote. And so moving forward, I'm just going to you know, keep reminding myself that you know, the, the bowling hasn't changed. Everything is the same as far as bowling-wise. And as long as I can keep my breath calm and you know, just – you know, really stay present in what's going on, then I'll be okay. Yeah, Kendall mentioned your pre, your your most recent tournament, your first tournament. You you finished uh, your first tournament this year. You finished 14th mm-hmm. as well. So so the success is mm-hmm. as relative. You know, has been there, and, and you're you're bringing checks in and such. How how are your weeks, and and are you going through kind of some trial and errors as far as what works for you each week and your preparations, and then even once you get into your blocks, it's a you know it's the three games aside from the queens. You know, it's your three game uh, three game blocks of 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 six games and such. And, and really a sprint where you need to get right into things and and, uh, and score off the bat. Yeah, there is a lot of bowling. And so my endurance is, uh, I, I'll admit, it's not as good as some of the other ladies on tour right now just because they've done this for a few years. Um, so it is a lot of bowling. Um, but at the end of the day, it really just comes to, for me, my mental strength and endurance to be able to keep myself focused and in the match as much as possible in the bowling. Um, so moving into Queens, like I'm, I'm still going to use everything that I've learned so far. Cause I've learned a lot from these first two tournaments, just with how the lanes change and, uh, you know, they play differently based on the number of people bowling. I've learned a lot. And so I'll take everything that I've learned from college and from the first two stops into Queens and hopefully I can come out with a decent finish. Is there any preparation that's different when you approach a major or you approach a tournament like Queens where, you have qualifying and match play and possibly a step ladder. You kind of have so many different degrees and it's a longer tournament. Is prep different mm-hmm. for you or is it all kind of status quo in the same? Uh, I wouldn't say that the prep is really different. Um, the mindset for qualifying is slightly uh, a little different from that of a normal tour stop. Um, I was actually chatting with Liz Johnson earlier today and she was saying the tournament doesn't really start until match play. Uh, which is totally true because as soon as you get out of qualifying, if you get out of qualifying, your pins go away. So the whole tournament starts over essentially. 
And so I'm going to go into qualifying, um, just finding the pocket and making my spares. Hopefully that's enough to get me out of match play, and then we'll really start making some aggressive decisions about lane play. Yeah, now let me ask you, how do you, um, when you approach these tournaments, do you pay attention or look at your, your sheet as far as who you're, your pairings and who you're crossing with and if they're, they're um, people that you know or don't know or familiar with or do you, do you look at any of that or do you, does any of that matter to you as far, as, far as, uh, as, as you get started out there? Yeah, it does matter a little bit to me. I mean, it doesn't change how I play the lanes all that much. Um, it is nice to bowl with people who I'm familiar with. For example, this week I'm crossing with Brianna Clemmer. Uh, we were teammates for two years, and so I can pretty much adjust myself off of her and her me pretty well just because we've had that history together. Um, but then I think it's also important to know just the type of players that you're bowling with. So if I'm crossing with someone who typically plays a little bit further right, I know that that could help me if they're playing further right and breaking it down for me. I'll have a little hook spot down lane that I can bounce it off of since I'm typically a player who enjoys to move left sooner than others. And so I know that stuff will help me. And then, you know, Brie, for example, knowing that she is also a player who likes to move a little left quicker than others. Um, you know, I'll just have to be mindful of whatever kind of carry down that she'll push my direction or that I'll push hers. And, you know, so that's just, that's important stuff to be aware of, but I'm not going to let it affect how I play the lanes. You know, we have uh, the, the trio, they call themselves Verity, Diane and Daria. They spend a lot of time mm -hmm. together. They talk about bowling, talk about, the week is anybody in particular out on tour that you kind of spend your time with or you talk with you know between blocks or just if you're in a tough spot you have a tough situation anybody in particular you spend uh, quite a bit of time with out there yeah uh olivia farwell uh rookie of the year last year she's my roommate this year and so we we're able to bounce ideas off of each other quite often um we're always checking in each other after blocks especially for the first two events we weren't anywhere near each other so we couldn't really keep up with each other's scores or lane play or anything but after blocks, we'll go get lunch and we'll chat about what worked and what didn't work and come up with a game plan together for later for both of us to do better. And so it is really nice to have her to talk with as well because we, we had a few years in college together as well. And so we've been friends for years. And we, we see the lanes really similarly as well. And so just to have her to talk to when things are going you know, good or bad, it's really nice for both of us, I'm sure. So let's talk about it. It's uh, Samstown, a place in Vegas that some people have bowled, some people haven't bowled. I know it's uh, mm -hmm. traditionally holds uh, holds tournaments for the USBC uh, on the men's, women's, and and uh, over fifty side. Uh, what are you? What are your uh, overall impressions there? And, and taking a look at the topography report, it, it looks uh, like a mixed bag because that house does get a lot of lot of open play as well. So what what are your overall impressions so far of what you're seeing uh, there? Yeah, well, um, I've never bowled at Samstown before, so this is a first for me. And so, of course, I'm going to go into this, you know, extremely open-minded, knowing that things are going to play different across the house. And it's a really big center, and knowing that there's open play, each pair is going to play different, um, not just low-end, high-end, middle, that kind of thing. And so, you know, I actually haven't looked at the topography report yet um, because I, I, myself, I'm just, I prefer to see my ball motion change lane to lane rather than trust you know the sheet just because the pattern can influence it what ball i'm using can influence the changes that i make lane to lane um but knowing that there's a lot of open bowling in specific areas of the house i'll keep that in mind it's probably going to be a little earlier a little tighter kind of thing um but we're just gonna play it by ear really we're just gonna run with it and so you you should have been through practice sessions today if i'm not mistaken 
Uh, what are some early mm-hmm. predictions of, of bowling balls that are in play for you so far? Yeah, well, my reality looked really good. Um, we're bowling on 45 feet, and so the gutter does kind of make it seem like you want to play over there just because it's really similar to the Masters pattern this year where one, two, and boards one, two, and three don't have any oil on there. So it's almost like a like a, know, a tricky hook spot out to the right. It makes you think that you can play there, which you can, and some people can as well. Um, but I'm actually going to avoid that as much as possible. Friction is very unpredictable. And with my rev rate, if I even get it to the friction, you know, an inch too soon, it could be a bad result for me. So I made a huge jump left and I am pretty much trapping it or doing like a little fadeaway shot on fresh. And, and so we'll see how that plays. I might have to square up a little bit by the time I get to bowl tomorrow, but uh, my reality, my big ASIMs looked pretty good. Um, when that starts to break down, my clean ASIMs looked nice. And then we'll just make adjustments as I see them. All right. Well, Hope Gramley, want to thank you for being here today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight <laughs> Podcast. Hit a little bit there with the PWBA and some of your time, uh, your senior year at McKendree. So thank you for joining us today. All the best of luck out there on the Queens. And then as you continue your PWBA season. Yes, thank you guys. Thank you.